you call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys, it's the Creators Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly pasty cow pies. Welcome back for another episode of Creators Collective. We are going to have another fun week here, as we always do on the Creators Collective. And uh, this week, we're going to do something a little bit special. So if any of you are live, and if you want to join us live, we go live every uh, Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can join us on our YouTube channel, uh, Creators Collective. And if you are live in the live chat in a second here, we're going to give you a chance to guess about who our, uh, who our special guest is, who our special guest is, uh, guess who our guest is. <laughs> so um, I'm going to turn it over to him in just a moment. If any of you have any ideas about who it is, our, our, one, um, our, our one hint is that a lot of what he does is modern woodworking. So uh, I'll turn it over to you, our special guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you like to do and uh, what's your background? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I guess uh, as far as woodworking goes, um, like you said, I, uh, I enjoy kind of modern design and um, modern materials to an extent. I mean, I use a lot of uh, kind of classic hardwoods and things, but um, a lot of plywood and uh, things like that. But um, my background is actually in, I mean, I, I got a degree in economics. I um, then went back to school and studied filmmaking and then um, worked for film festivals and things like that and uh, kind of just got to a point where I didn't feel like I was um, being creative and um, so I kind of did a, a classic quit your job and and chase the <laughs> chase the dream so um, I mean I've always been into woodworking and, and making and things like that but um, I finally decided to attempt to turn it into a career so that's um, that's how I kind of got started. And then the whole YouTube thing was definitely a, um, a secondary part of that. Uh, I just, you know, started making videos kind of as a way to market my furniture business uh, and then realize it could, it could actually be uh, something bigger than that. So uh, here we are, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. Cool. If you could describe your style, how would you describe it? Um, I definitely heavily influenced uh, by like mid-century uh, Danish, you know, design. Um, and then kind of as that progressed, I started to um, kind of, you know, create my own look and uh, definitely lots of curves. Uh, like I said, I, I love working with plywood um, and, and doing like that, the stacked plywood um, look which i think is is super awesome and it was kind of i was i was looking at ways to incorporate curved shapes into my furniture without uh diving into you know steam bending and uh you know making huge lamination jigs and things and so uh i i looked at plywood and i was like oh this is this is how i can do it so uh that's kind of how i how i how i got to that that stuff cool cool all right. I think we should introduce him now. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, so here with us today on the podcast is Sean Boyd. Um, he is a an awesome, awesome creator. Uh, that curved bench that you did with those plywood 
laminations that you were talking about was in stain. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, you guys have to go check it out on YouTube right now. Uh, just search for Sean Boyd, S-H-A-U-N-B-O-Y-D. Um, and his projects are just incredible and insane. Um, and you make me want to get a best tool domino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that thing, uh, that thing has paid for itself. I, I, I can't, I can't even tell you how many times over at this point. <laughs> so now are you full time, um, with your furniture making? Is yeah. Like so, what, um, what you do? Yeah. I, uh, so you jumped off the deep end. Yeah, I really, I really did. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was out of my garage for a while, and then um, just about a year ago, I moved into a, a little industrial building. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was it was all um, doing custom furniture, um, you know, and and um, I you know I was I was developing my own designs and things and s selling stuff here and there. Um, and then, like I said, I I uh, started doing the doing some YouTube, and so like you know, my business is kind of morphing. I've started doing. Um, small woodworking workshops we you know make your own cutting board type thing um so yeah there's there's I've, I've tr i'm trying to you know diversify and and uh you know just just try and make make the dream work <laughs> uh so that that's actually um since since you're full time and because i'm kind of struggling with this a little bit um do you do more commission work or do you build and design and build the furniture first then sell it um, or have like signature pieces that you sell yeah, I would say I would say it's probably like 60 40, 60% being fully custom uh you know 40% being being people see something on my website and and ask for me to you know usually it's like oh can you make it 6 inches taller or you know something like that. Um <laughs> yeah. But I I do get I do get quite a bit of people who see my stuff um and really like it but then they want me to make, you know, like a rustic dining table or something so it's um <laughs> there is kind of that that uh there's that aspect to it where you know I, I do a lot of uh just totally custom stuff that isn't necessarily my style but um you know that's that's part of the part of the game for sure yeah i'm i'm struggling with that right now with right. this project i'm wrapping up <laughs> where it's like the client's money spends well uh, totally but it's <laughs> you know uh we had design difference of opinion uh right. but you know you can't just say no like i'm will walker like i have to do it this way you know like totally. they want it that way so <laughs> um and are you do you being a full-time furniture maker designer um and having a background in economics have you found that pricing your work is easy or is it still a difficult? I, I talk to a lot of people, and uh, that seems to be like the hardest thing for everybody to do is to price their work. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I have a degree in economics, but that was like um, every day I was in college studying economics. All I wanted to do was like take photography classes and take. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that that definitely having that background definitely helps with um, you know kind of owning your own business. But for sure pricing and um i mean honestly basically anything that has to do with money i i absolutely despise so it's <laughs> it's uh it's still super hard for me to you know like i i make furniture that i could never afford so that's weird <laughs> <laughs> but people are buying it right yeah yeah that's uh you gotta i guess you just gotta find that right the right market okay cool 
um, and talking about style and commissions, uh, like I really like those farmhouse tables that you just did, but I feel like they were outside of your the scope of your yeah normal, yeah normal build totally. And I mean that's kind of what I'm you know what I was talking about where um, people you know I guess I guess people it's it's nice because people see my stuff and they know that um, I can make quality furniture and they they see the quality in in my stuff um so then they they know that i can make a something that's outside of my style but it'll still be a a a quality piece of furniture so um it is still very like it's awesome that people want me to make stuff that isn't my style um so yeah like those farmhouse tables are are exactly that you know it's a kind of a, a much more traditional design which is which is fun to do also you know because i spend so much time always thinking about you know modern shapes and curves and all this stuff it's nice to kind of just um have a have a traditional let your shaker pop out yeah exactly (laughs) so so it's a it's a little you know it's a change of pace which is which is super nice cool if you had your druthers and that's a southern term for whatever you want (laughs) how many people don't know what druthers are yeah i would have been like uh (laughs) yeah i'm a southern nerd i was like uh (laughs) If you can have it any way you want, and you know the world knows who you are, and uh, money's not a problem, would you? Uh, do you like making commission ideas that fit other people's designs and wants, or would you want to make your own things and put them out there for sale, whether or not people want them or not? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I, I think about that quite a bit, and I think the um, the answer, kind of the knee jerk answer, would be. I want to make the stuff I want to make forever. Um, but I think if I kind of think about it and, and I'm real about it, I would, I mean, creativity uh, comes and goes for sure. So I think I would um, definitely, you know, hit that plateau at times and um, get burned out on constantly, you know, coming up with new, fresh ideas. So um, yeah, I think if I'm, if I'm real about it, it, it would be a mix of both just because it, it is so nice to um, have those those times where someone just hands you like a, a drawing or like some pictures on, from stuff they see online or something and they say, make me something similar to this. And it's just like, a, it's a really nice kind of break from constantly trying to come up with, with something yeah. new and, and unique, you know, every day. Cool. Well, why don't we get into uh, what we've been working on? So yeah. uh, Sean, since you're the guest, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Um, so like we were saying, those, those farmhouse tables, uh, I just finished up and, um, posted the video on those. And those are for a, um, local, a new local restaurant. It's actually some close friends of mine are, are opening a restaurant. So that's exciting. And then, um, I'm doing a couple more things for them, making some, some big butcher blocks and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun to see, see your stuff go into a, a place that, um, you know, they're going to get a lot of use and seen by a lot of people, which is exciting. Um, and then I think after this stuff, hopefully I'm working on a, a new desk design that's um, back to more in, in my vein of uh, of design. So that's exciting for, uh, you know, the, the coming weeks or so. Fun. Yeah, along uh, recent uh, builds, uh, Jeff Gruff asks, uh, uh, looking through your library, you came across your dust collection you made about three months ago. Um, mm-hmm. How's that holding up? Yeah, that um, <clears throat> it's it's good. I used um, I used all PVC sewer drain pipe or whatever it is. Um, I tried to 
really simplify it just because my shop's small and uh, I didn't want, you know, massive ducting all over the place. Um, but yeah, it works well. I think I think the the only thing I would eventually want to upgrade is I don't have a any sort of uh, separator or cyclone or something on my dust mm -hmm. collector. So I'm constantly emptying the bag and, and trying to vacuum out the filter and, you know, blow out all the dust. So it's <laughs> like it, I, I collect dust for a week and then I go to empty it and I spread dust all over the place. <laughs> That's the only thing I would, I would eventually change. You're making uh, me happy. I'm a hand tool guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, what was that video that you you did recently uh, where you actually showed yourself like emptying the bag? Yeah. And it was, like, just dust. Yeah, that was in the table. Yeah, in yeah. The, yeah, the table video. I was I was planning all those boards <laughs> so much, and then I it it filled up to the point where it like there was like loads of dust inside the filter. So when I took the bag off, all it was there dust everywhere, but just like all this dust just dumped out of it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and those bags are such a pain. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Uh, I've got a collect. I've got a separator, just a trash can separator, um, mm -hmm. as the first stage of my two stage dust collection. And I always know when that's full because the bag starts to fill up. And I like, but I never. I rarely take the bag off, and so the, all the fine dust gets stuck up in my filter, right. and then like my planer won't yeah. suck up any. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, what you James, got, what are you working on? Oh, <laughs> I, I asked you first. <laughs> cool. well, then I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been uh, working on the, the saw vise. Um, it's a very simple project, but I'm trying to draw it out over longer time as opposed to the channel being just about the saw vise, um, as it kind of was with the, the side table. Uh, you know, an entire month of videos on just the side table. I'm trying not to do that with the, the saw vise. Um, but I'm hoping all, that'll be done soon. I have about uh, three more videos that I want to put out on it. Uh, but the big thing is right now I'm ramping up to do a video that uh, was kind of a an odd... Well, let me back up. I, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm trying to use more and more hide glue. Um, I really like it. It's got a lot of bonuses in that it's finish clear. So... Um, your, your finish can absorb into the glue. So if there's a squeeze out under the surface, it doesn't, um, it, it doesn't block the surface from the finish absorbing like uh, PVA does. Uh, it also has a longer set time so you can work with it. It has a bit more of a, a flexibility to it in its, its function. Uh, it's, it's all around an, an easier glue, uh, though a lot of people don't trust it as much as a PVA glue because PVA is supposed to be a little stronger. Um, but then that made me think, you know, is it stronger? And then what's the difference between like the tight bond wood glue and the old brown wood glue and wood glue you mix yourself? Uh, and so I'm, I, I thought, well, maybe I should just test this for my own good, but then that would make a good video. So then I put it out to a few other people, you know, should I, should I test this? And other people are like, well, yeah, you should test it then with epoxy and CA glue and construction adhesive, five minute epoxy. And so now I've got this list of like 16 different glues that I want to test. In order to make it scientific, I'm going to do, you know, three or four of each glue on each surface. And then I also want to test, you know, gap filling. And then other people are like, well, I'd love to know about weather outside. And so now I've got this list of like 300 tests I want to do. <laughs> and then I'm trying to figure out a rig in order to do this so I can quickly go through them. And, and it's it's turning into quite the process. So I mean, it's it's looking like, you know, three or four videos worth of, of content. And doing yeah, yeah, every combination of, of glue and wood and yeah. weather and... <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's kind of been racking my brain recently, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's uh, 
sickness and death it's kind of gone through the the family uh, uh at least sickness uh, i'm the only one who hasn't gotten sick yet so i'm trying to stay in the shop as much as possible <laughs> uh, but, nice. uh, yeah. what about you will uh well uh we put out those bowl turning videos um well for a turning video um we've got over eight thousand views on the video and people are thumbs up again and but then of course i've got all the turning gurus that you know telling me everything i did wrong <laughs> and I'm like, eh, whatever uh, and my daughter actually brought that bowl to school this morning because she that was her pasta bowl uh i've got a two and a half year old and that was the only way that she would get in the truck to go to school so i was like yeah fine whatever take it <laughs> uh, uh and i'm finishing up um the live edge cherry vanity um it's live edge everything with a vessel sink on top uh really cool thanks man um yeah it was a little outside my design uh my my aesthetic where i like i love live edge but i i like to mix it with more conventional modern you know straight lines or, or, or angled lines instead of just everything live edge um and the overhangs on the on the edges w was a little much it looks a little unbalanced to me but uh, that's really what the client wanted so i uh finishing up that probably today delivery next week uh i got started on another live edge vanity and this one's going to be a little bit easier and more my style um it's goes in, in an alcove um where a sink is so there's three walls and it'll go from wall to wall. Uh, it'll be about six feet long and then it'll have a vessel sink sitting on top and I'm just holding that up. It'll be a, a built-in. Um, I'm just holding that up with some ledger strips uh, along the wall, drilled into the studs and then that will sit on top. Um, and that's out of spalted hackberry that I got from my Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, the client, he's actually went to elementary school with the guy. Um, and he called me up and said, hey, I want to do this for my wife. And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so he actually wrote out to my Sawyers with me, my, my live edge guy, and he picked out the slabs. So that was that was nice. And I got to kind of steer him in the right direction um, after working with these crazy cherry slabs that were client sourced for the last build that were like checked from end to end and needed like a million gallons of epoxy. And, uh, but and what epoxy need... did you end up going with? Oh, so I went with Envirotech's light because uh, it was a little bit cheaper by the gallon and it doesn't get as hot as it cures um, versus like a West systems. But the, mm -hmm. my shop wasn't, you know, the perfect 75 degrees that it likes to cure. Uh, so I did the first pour as a, as like a dam to make sure, you know, to, and I did the second pour and that one never hardened. And I gave it like a week to harden and it just uh -huh. stayed sticky and goopy and but like hard enough that it was such a pain to scrape out that I, I thought i would just pour over it um because envirotech said that you could do that and that didn't but then it had so then it was like a, an oreo right like it had like hard <laughs> soft hard and like the top like you'd push on the top and it would like it would had some give to it from the soft layer underneath oh, wow. uh so i had to rip off the top layer which took off some of the wood uh then scrape out with like my old beater chisels and <laughs> stuff and then remix it and i like this time i did it and i did a test and west, west systems and envirotechs don't mix so 
I couldn't. So now I was stuck with the Envirotex because the first layer had cured, and so I mixed up another batch um, and just like made sure to really, really, really mix it. And I kicked on the heater in my shop and made sure it was like I was like sweating in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then did the pour, and it cured finally. So uh, this this was just like the project from hell. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, table because I'm I'm calculating about three gallons of epoxy. Oh my god! uh, I think I'm gonna go the well system and just do a whole bunch of little pours. Yeah, but we'll see. That's you know it's gonna end up being like what six hundred dollars in epoxy. Yeah, that's West is so expensive, but it's like idiot proof. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Cool. So let's get into the question of the week. Speaking of live edge slabs. this one is from Nick Long, Longe, Longe. I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, Nick. I'm sorry. Um, he messaged me on Instagram asking about uh, the Live Edge Vanity project that I'm working on, and the client really wanted the bark to stay on. Um, and so he asked about stabilizing the bark on Live Edge slabs. He's read conflicting things about epoxy versus superglue, um, and any tips on keeping the bark on a Live Edge slab. Uh, I so it really depends on when the tree was felled. If it was felled in the winter, um, when the sap isn't running in the tree, uh, the bark has a better chance of staying on. Um, this tree was felled uh, in a hurricane, Hurricane Isabel, uh, about six years ago in the summer. Um, so the sap was running in the tree. So I told the client, you know, there's a good chance that the bark is going to fall off, but I'll do my best to keep it on. Uh, I used CA glue, thin CA glue, uh, to kind of impregnate the bark with CA glue, and it seems to be holding on. Um, James, do you have any experience with any of that? Um, CA glue, I like for thinner barks. Um, I don't trust its penetrating power, even the, the thin stuff. I don't trust it to go much deeper than like a quarter inch. Um, so if you get some of the the bigger, beefier barks, well, that's kind of odd. Bigger, beefier bark. <laughs> <laughs> like a walnut or something? Like Sounds a... like a McDonald's sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't know if I trust it. Um, also, CA glue is uh, far more brittle. Um, so impacts, it has a tendency to shatter um, as opposed to an epoxy. Whereas if you get like a penetrating epoxy, mm-hmm. uh, you can get an epoxy that will, will seep all the way down into the wood. Yeah, something and, like that CPES stuff. Yeah. Um, I really like that, um, especially if if you're doing with any wood that has any punkiness to it. Um, I, I like to put that into the, the wood itself and let that soak in. Um, it makes even a punky soft wood into a really nice, hard, solid surface ready for finishing. Um, so m- my personal preference is the, the penetrating epoxy. Um, but yeah, if, if I don't have that on hand, um, a really thin CA glue. We'll we'll do fairly well, yeah. And Sean, I, I know haven't you're done right. any testing between them, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, add it to, add it to your tests. Uh, Sean, I know you're more of a modern shapes kind of guy, but have you ever done any live edge work? Um, very little. Um, and and every time I have, I always just get rid of the bark. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't. Uh, I I don't have any tips or tricks on this one, but I would if I had to guess, I would I would think you know like you guys are saying epoxy makes a lot of sense for for a, a bigger beefier bark um but yeah i i'd say just get, get rid of it yeah i like it i think it's just a cleaner look too yeah. um i don't actually like the bark 
That's yeah. another thing about this project I didn't like was keeping the bark on. Right. But again, difference of client opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, James, do you want to tell your joke of the week? Well, before that, we have one other uh, question. Um, uh, Tommy Huffington, um, a really cool channel. He make he's a luthier who makes uh, mandolins and such. Um, been loving his channel, um, so definitely take a look at him. But he asked, uh, Sean, um, you mentioned you're making things you can't afford, which makes for a niche, mar niche market. Uh, wondering what ended up being the best way for you to promote your work, social media, wor word of mouth, etc. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it's hard. I, when I first started, um, I definitely started small locally, and um, I got some pieces into, you know, local stores and things like that. Um, so def definitely at the beginning, it was word of mouth and and just people kind of hearing about me locally. But like I live in a pretty small area, um, so that that only went so far. And then definitely uh, social media was a huge help. I'm I'm really terrible at at social media and and marketing myself just in general. Um, luckily, my girlfriend likes to help with that. Or well, I don't know if she likes to, but she does, uh, <laughs> which is. <laughs> which is a huge help. Um, you know, she kind of started uh, utilizing Facebook and um, things like that. I know I, I did some Google ads and, and got some business from, from those, those types of things. Um, and then kind of, you know, now that um, YouTube has, has gotten a little bit of traction, you know, I get emails and things from, from people that see my stuff on YouTube. Uh, so it really, I, I don't think there's one thing that, you know, it's like, do Facebook ads. That's the, that's the ticket. Like, I don't think there's um, any one particular way to, to do it. You really just kind of have to, you know, throw that, that net out there as, as far as you can and, and see what catches uh, for the most part. I mean, at least that's, that's been my experience. I'm sure depending on where you live, you know, if you live in a, in a big city or something, then um, certain things will work better, but um, just kind of in general, yeah, it's, you just kind of got to try it all. So I got to ask, do you only sell, A, are you in any like galleries or anything like that? Um, and B, do you only sell locally or do you ship <clears throat> furniture freight? So so currently I'm not in any galleries anymore. I, I was in a couple places for a little while, um, but it just, you know, it became uh, too much to try and deal with that and everything else. Um, as far as shipping, I, I try not to, um, but I also don't really say no. <laughs> so, you know, I've done things like I've, you know, I've shipped um, fully built pieces of furniture, you know, like with, uh, you know, the white glove shipping services, things like that, um, which is super expensive. But if someone's willing to pay for it, then then I'm all for it. Um, I've also done, uh, I just actually shipped a chair to a guy in New Jersey, and he's, uh, you know, like kind of a hobby woodworker. And so I, I shipped it. Um, disassembled, you know, for the most part, I, I did some of the more difficult glue ups and things like that. So it was in like maybe four, four or five main pieces. And then, and then he did the final glue up and finished it. Um, I've also done some stuff where I kind of modified design so that it can be put together with, you know, screws and things that are, you know, somewhat hidden. Um, so yeah, I mean, shipping is, uh, is always kind of a, a, a nightmare, especially for, when you're making pieces of furniture that are, um, you know, like so finished that, you know, you don't want any, you know, screws and, and, and things like that showing. So, um, 
that's always a bit of a of a struggle but you know you it's a just depending on on the customer and if they're willing to foot the bill or not and uh you know yeah. it's always it's always one of those things where it's you, you can you can figure it out if if you really want to make it happen yeah, do you want to you want to yeah, sell it talk- or do you want to pay for it to be shipped yeah yeah i've kind of put my foot down and said like no i won't ship you know big pieces um just because it's such a pain but i was talking to uh i was talking to kyle toth um and he ships like everything he's like he was he built this crazy front door mahogany front door yeah um and i was talking to him and i was like oh is that for a local customer because he's in arizona or new mexico now um and he's like, oh, no, she lives in Florida. Oh, I'll just ship it. <laughs> it's just like, how? And he's like, oh, you just freight? And I was like. Yeah, that's, I, I have I have two two guys that are in the shop next to me, and they do a lot of um, big kind of like prop type uh, things, you know, like made out of foam. And uh, so it's not super heavy, but there are always these massive, you know, these big things. And, and they do the same thing. I'm like, wow, where's that going? Are you driving it somewhere? Like, oh, no, we'll just ship it. It's like what like <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> yeah luckily i live in a pretty affluent area uh so i go. don't have to go far yeah, yeah so that helps <laughs> cool. cool well uh we have a joke of the week and since we we actually this is the first time in a long time we didn't have anyone uh send in a joke of the week so if you have one you'd like us to read off uh feel free to send it in the the poorer the joke the better <laughs> These are like dad jokes of woodworking. <laughs> so, so you, you heard about the Valley girl who joined a shop class, right? She uh-huh. was mad when she found out it had nothing to do with the mall. <laughs> oh, oh, that one's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like you get the like the worst joke award. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, why don't you start us off with uh, what you're watching or reading? Sure. Um, so I've been watching a lot of channels just on uh, more video production and cinematography, videography. Uh, and I just found this channel, Mango Street. Um, and it's a husband and wife team. Uh, and they do photography and videography tips. Um, the photography stuff, I don't really watch because I've been a professional photographer for 12 years. Um and the uh, the videography stuff, though, there's some great stuff about editing and motion graphics and titling and things like that. Um, so I'm trying to up my production game uh, with my videos. Uh, that's always my goal. Every video I try to do something kind of new-ish, uh, even if it's really subtle. So I've been watching them, and it's been uh, really, really pretty cool. Um, they did a really good motion graphics video tutorial that I'm going to try this week, I think. Sweet. James, how about you? Um, For me, I have to go with another hand tool channel, uh, Mr. Chickadee. Uh, I've been watching him for a long time. He's uh, been around a little longer than I have um, on YouTube, and his he does all hand tool and does a lot of uh, um, timber framing and things of that nature. Uh, but all of his videos are uh, silent, no music, just watching the woodworking. And they're they're kind of the, the video you you flip on, you sit back, and you relax. And uh, very very enjoyable videos to, to just kind of relax and, and enjoy the time. So definitely check him out, Mister Chickadee. I've checked out a couple of his videos over the years, uh, but yeah, he's kind of like the you know, the crackling fireplace of woodworking videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a lot of analogies to it. <laughs> yeah. What you got, Sean? 
Um, so I've been uh, I've been watching the Olympics. That's uh, that's taken. If I'm not if I'm not in the shop, I'm watching the Olympics. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with it. Um, but besides that, something a little more related uh, to what we're talking about, um, kind of like what Will was saying, I have started watching Peter McKinnon, um, and he is a photographer, cinematographer, and uh, makes mm-hmm. kind of fun, interesting videos. But um, it's you know it's all based around shooting better photos or or better video and um, so same same kind of thing i'm trying to right now i'm just like stick the gopro anywhere near where i'm working and uh and turn it on uh so i'm trying to kind of up the production value and get some more interesting shots and and uh, make it a, a little more fun to watch so you know stuff like his, his in the channel sun. Helps. <laughs> uh yeah peter peter's great i've been watching him for uh a while now yeah. um, i actually mentioned him on, on i think the first podcast i was uh, actually yeah. a host of nice. one of these. Um, and that reminds me actually, um, since you're upping your production value, uh, I think when I found you, you had about 6,000 subs and now you're hovering around 15,000. Is that right? Yeah. It's yeah. Something like that. 15, 16. Yeah. That's pretty good growth. How fast, yeah. what, when did you start your channel? Um, I so I've, I've had my, you know, the actual channel for, uh, maybe a year or two, year and a half, maybe. Um, but like I said, you know, for the first probably eight months, nine months, something, I, I was just like, I posted like three or four videos. Um, and it was really just a way for me to, you know, if someone said, oh, I, I like your furniture. I want to, uh, you know, I, I live in a different state. I want to see like what you do is like, oh, you can watch this video. You can see my process and stuff. Um, and then so, yeah, just it, it really was just, you know, maybe since uh September or so that I kind of decided like, okay, let's do this on a regular basis. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been kind of growing since then. It's, it's been crazy. I, I, I like, I have, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, it's, it's fun at the very least. Yeah. You've had some pretty quick growth, I think, at least since the 6,000 subs that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that plywood bench uh, did really well. And so like, I think that that was a big help. Um so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I couldn't tell you like how how it happens or, <laughs> or why, but but there it is. No, congrats, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's it's fun. You can never tell why when it comes to YouTube. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, what's your uh, your favorite uh, product or tool of the week? Um, so I mean, it's it's uh it's not necessarily this week, but it's uh just kind of all the time. Uh, I have this little six inch ruler, which I'm sure everyone has somewhere. Um, but it's, uh, it's like always in my pocket or, or nearby, but it's just, um, this thin little ruler and it's, um, you know, it has like the, the zero is, is the end of the ruler. So it's like, it's great for, um, you know, getting it into tight places and, and butting it up against, you know, a, a piece and measuring from that piece, you know, out from there. Um, but it's, it's literally just, uh, I mean, I, I think I use it more than a tape measure, um, just because it's like so easy and it's, it's like, it's flexible. So I can like jam it into, into little corners and things and, you know, press it down. And, um, I just, I just love it. I even like use, use a, I have like one corner that, uh, of the ruler that I have decided that's like my little scraping corner and it's like kind of starting <laughs> to wear away, but I just, I say, okay, this, this corner will be the one that I always use. And so I use it to like scrape glue out of corners and things like that. And it's, a uh, 
I, I don't think I could live without that thing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, what you got? Uh, I'm gonna. This is odd, um, but I'm gonna say beeswax. So I've been. Uh, it's none making- of yours. <laughs> uh, so I just did on the bowl video that you and I collaborated on, uh, James, uh, because a lot of people have been asking about my food safe finish um, that I use. So I did a video on it. Um, my mineral oil and beeswax finish. Uh, I just ordered my beeswax from Amazon. Uh, and then from that video, I had a lot of people comment, well, why don't you use hemp oil or walnut oil or flaxseed oil um, that will actually harden? And like, since mineral oil doesn't harden um, and they're food safe. And I had some concerns about walnut oil being food safe to a nut allergy um, mm-hmm. person, but there I Googled it and there's the, hot debate on it and the forums are like, and I just had to close it. I was like, all right, you guys are, I'll just use something else. So uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to get some flaxseed oil, um, just some raw flaxseed oil. Not That's what I use. That's what you use, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a friend who presses it. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, and try to make a flaxseed beeswax finish and see how that holds up. That's nice. actually what I use for uh, uh, wax, pro- uh, rust protection on all my tools and uh, lubrication of saws and plane bottoms, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, does the flax oil put an amber hue to the wood um, versus like mineral oil is totally clear? Uh, it depends on the type of flax oil you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, if you get a truly raw, just pressed, then it does have an amber tone. Um, but you can also get a, you can also bleach it. Um, and bleach it to almost perfectly clear. So okay, all right, cool. Uh, what do you got, James? I uh, I'm going to go with old brown glue. Uh, I've been you know playing with the, uh, the 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 hide glues more and more, and the more I use them, the more I love them. Uh, especially if you ever you know you ever talk to a luthier, um, hide glues are just they're so versatile. Uh, they they and how easy they are to use and how well they work and just their functionality. Uh, but old brown makes it fairly simple. Uh, you're not having to worry about uh, melting down your own. You just have to warm it up and use it. And uh, very good glue. So I'm loving it. Cool. <laughs> right on. I'll have to try it. Well, it's uh, it's happened again. You guys have listened to two Neanderthals and one smart guy talk about bigger, beefier bark for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say a huge thank you to, uh, to Sean for uh, coming along for this. Uh, don't forget to check him out on his channel and give him a uh, big thumbs up and new subscriber. Uh, if you want to have links to those, we'll leave those in the description or uh, show notes. So uh, that's about it for today. And until cool. next time, thank, thanks, guys. see you later. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.